Coming up on episode 88 of the Rami La Vie podcast, an emergency podcast. I wanted to record this right away, but I waited to calm down a bit after the news. Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks, again, miss out on another superstar. I guess my instant reaction and more coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I often talk on this podcast about breaking the stigma surrounding mental health. So if you're feeling stressed, depressed, or just want to talk, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed, experienced therapist online, and you have access to over 20,000 different therapists that you may not have access to in your area. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire, and 48 hours later, you're set up with a therapist that fits your needs. You can then schedule video or phone calls and have access to unlimited messages back and forth with your experienced therapist. You can also change to a new therapist at any time with no extra charge. I often talk on this podcast about how perspective is anything, and that's something I learned in therapy. I had terrible anxiety, and I learned about how changing your perspective can change the reality. So take charge of your mental health and join the over 2 million people who already use BetterHelp for therapy online today. And if you use my code, you can get an extra 10% off on your first month. So go to betterhelp.com Rami for 10% off. That's B-E-T-T-E-R help h-e-l-p dot com slash rami for 10% off your first month do it today well you got me again didn't think you were getting me three times this week you got me here i am and it's it's not good i'm not in a good mood i don't want to be doing this podcast right now i don't want to be recording this and i hate to say i told you so but i mean it's it's not good. It's a sad day. It's a bad day. It's a catastrophe. If you don't get the reference, you're not my friend. Um, it's it's it just sucks. Donovan Mitchell was traded. Another guy that it was just a lock. It was just a matter of time, right? He's coming to the Knicks. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he? This guy's a New Yorker. He wants to be here. All signs are pointing to him being there. It's just a matter of what the package is going to be. Talked about Leon Rose isn't caving. He signed R.J. Barrett. You know he's not giving in. To Danny Ainge, we're scared. The only thing that could go wrong here is Danny Ainge just fleeces us. But, um, yeah, didn't happen. The rumors were that the Cavs were out. The rumors were that the Knicks were calling other teams, calling the Heat, calling the Cavs, and saying, are you guys still in on Mitchell? And they're like, no, we're not in on him. You guys have the best package. We don't stand a chance. And yet, another superstar pulled out underneath us. You knew it was going to happen before training camp that he was going to get traded. And he does. And it's not to the Knicks. It's to the Cavs. And it's just another gut punch for a franchise that's been dealing with gut punches for the last 25 years. They can't figure it out. They can't seem to get it right. And finally, you have the front office that it seems like we trust. And they go through all this process of uh, making moves in the draft, right, to free up a lot of cap space and to basically bring in all these extra draft picks. And it's like, here's why we're doing this. It's a very clear plan. Here's what we're going to do. They explain it. Of course, they didn't have a press conference, but they did one of those, I guess, I don't know. They did a press release where they're like, yeah, this is why we're doing this. Here's the plan. We have a very set plan. We're following the plan. We're going to trade for a superstar. And this was the guy. This is the guy. He's young. He's talented as hell. He's proven that he could do it in the playoffs. That's when he's been the best. He's on the biggest stage in the playoffs. He loves New York. He's been in and out of New York the entire summer, basically teasing us. The city basically embraced him as a Nick already. He's at all the Mets games. His father is an employee of the team. And you think, this is it. This is the guy we're getting. And I don't know. They just they couldn't get it done. 
And so I'm just going to break it down and, and just discuss like what happened. How did this happen? How did we get here? And before that, I like I said, I don't want to say I told you so, but if you go back on my podcast and it's all up, up on my Instagram page, I didn't say that I didn't want Donovan Mitchell. I said, I, of course, I wanted Donovan Mitchell. I just didn't want to get fleeced by Danny Ainge. And I said on that episode that no matter what happens, the Knicks are going to be clowned on Twitter because that's what happens. Yesterday, the media and Tommy Beer did a perfect job of kind of breaking this all down. Yesterday, it was really, the Knicks are going to give away everything for Donovan Mitchell, another small guard, him and Brunson together in the backcourt, and today it's, ah, ha, ha, the Knicks couldn't get it done. And if the Knicks did get the trade done, it would be like, oh my god, they gave up that for Donovan Mitchell. It was a no-win situation. But that's like the most annoying part for me. Because I don't, like, I could rationalize that the deal wasn't done and it wasn't going to get done to us for a number of reasons, and we'll get to them in a second, but... The fact that everyone, no matter what, it was going to be lose-lose, and again, it's the Knicks in the public eye looking bad, and it's just people making us look bad. And you have Stephen A. Smith, who claims to be a Knicks fan. He goes out there, and he posts like this crazy video of him. It's just acting. He's just pissed off, and he gets to act. Yay him. It's not, it's not fair to us as Knicks fans that we have to watch this clown uh, pretend that he's upset, pretend that he's sad about this. Like He doesn't care. He's just trying to create clickbait and get people to look at him he's using you he's using us he's using the Knicks he's using the fans and it's just upsetting and this whole thing is just the way it went down it it couldn't have been more perfectly Knicks and perfectly bad and just sucks and it's like I said sad day bad day catastrophe so what actually happened um it seems like Danny Ainge just wanted to spite the Knicks because they had a deal in place and he wanted RJ Barrett and he didn't want the Knicks to give the extension to RJ Barrett and and Leon Rose stood his ground, did what he's supposed to do, didn't get bullied by Danny Ainge, who's known to be the, the, the trader, right, that he is, that he bullies people in trades. And Leon Rose did the right thing, doesn't get bullied, and signs R.J. Barrett, holds firm to his deadline, signs Barrett. I was celebrating that the other night that, oh my God, the Knicks, they're showing, they've changed, they're different, they could still get Mitchell, don't worry. And then this happens. Ainge has spite, he says, ha ha, sorry. I'm going to take a worse deal from the Cavaliers than what you have to offer me out of spite. And the final deal that was offered by Danny H to the Knicks was R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, another young star, so that means Toppin, Grimes, one of the two, McBride, one of the three. Three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps. I'm sorry, that's too much. And that's not even close to what the Cavaliers gave up. The Cavaliers gave up Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, three first-round picks and two swaps. Like, what are we doing? And Agbaji? Like, this is literally Danny Ainge looking at the Knicks and saying, I don't want to trade with you because you're you. And that's it. That's the only reason why he did that. And for some reason, I talked about that on the pod, that there was going to be that, that he's not going to want to trade with the Knicks just because they're the Knicks. And he did that, and he's doing it despite them, and he's doing them, I don't know. And he, I'm sure he's getting off on all the negative media hating on the Knicks right now. And the Cavs aren't even talked about in this. All that's talked about is Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. It's exactly what I said after the, the R.J. Barrett contract signing. And I'm just rambling right now. This is just like stream of consciousness. But it was exactly what I said after the R.J. Barrett signing where all they talked about was not that R.J. signed, not that you got a guy before you know, you had to have to pay him 
double what he was going to get in this contract. Not that they got a deal done. They finally signed their rookie, that they finally were able to draft and develop a player and stay here, right? It's not Kristaps Porzingis. It's not a guy that they drafted and then was so bad they had to run to get it rid of. It's not Frank Nielakina in the first round. They finally did something positive. They did something we all wanted them to do. And they were getting talked about. They were getting clowned about how this is going to complicate the Mitchell thing. And I guess in retrospect, they were right. Yes, it complicated the Mitchell thing. Meanwhile, they go ahead, the Jazz, and they sign Colin Sexton to an extension right away. So it's not like they couldn't have signed R.J. Barrett or taken R.J. Barrett too. Now, I didn't want the Knicks to give up R.J. Barrett in this deal, like I told you. The main holdup was Quentin Grimes. That, that was the big thing. That was the back and forth. All anyone talked about is that the holdup is Quentin Grimes. And like I've said this before, I think Quentin Grimes has the potential to be a player of the caliber of, I don't know, uh, Clay Thompson, really. We only saw him for 16 minutes a year last year. So, uh, 15, 16 minutes a game, sorry, last year. So I don't know what to make of him. And we'll get to that part of it in a minute. But the upsetting part still is that with all that, there's a guy who wanted to be in New York. He didn't ask out. It wasn't a disgruntled superstar. It was the perfect situation. It was a guy who wanted to be here, a guy who's a killer in the playoffs. He would have lit up the garden. The garden would have had its star. And yes, he wasn't making you a championship team immediately. But like I talked about, how many guys are there that make you a championship team immediately? You have to build somewhere. And in the NBA, it means that you're going to have to give up some assets. You had all these extra assets so you could get this guy so that when the salary cap does extend and the Knicks have a ton of cap space, they could go out and then sign someone else to come in with Barrett, come in with Mitchell Robinson, come in with Jalen Brunson, come in with Donovan Mitchell. Now that's a real team. But no, they couldn't do that. They couldn't get this guy. They couldn't get the deal done. And it's really, it was Danny Ainge. I mean, that's that's as simple as it is. The Knicks didn't want to cave in to a terrible offer, a terribly lopsided offer that Danny Ainge was offering them. So he went and got a worse deal from somewhere else because he didn't want to negotiate in good faith with the Knicks. That's it. So now, like, what happens now? Because what do the Knicks do, right? The fact of the matter is, and I've talked about this, there's going to be a disgruntled superstar down the road. It was the right decision on the Knicks' part. So as much as you're going to hear people clown on the Knicks and make fun of the Knicks, I think it was the right decision for the Knicks. I think not giving up that much and not giving in, it shows you this front office has some stones and they could stand up and say that, yeah, sorry, we're going to run things the right way. We're not going to be bullied. Now, in order for that to work, they can't just make the next move that comes to them because they're so distraught and because they're getting clowned. Like, if all of a sudden James Dolan starts to meddle and he's like, no, 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 now you guys have to get the next star and they end up trading R.J. Barrett for like Andrew Wiggins, which would be far worse because R.J. Barrett is a better player than Andrew Wiggins will ever dream of being. And R.J. Barrett's potential is way better than Andrew Wiggins. I know. He was an all-star, fake all-star. Um, like, that is the worst thing you could do from here. So what the Knicks need to do is they need to be patient again. And it sucks as a Knicks fan to tell Knicks fans, for me to tell other Knicks fans, which I've talked to today, yeah, you just have to be patient now. That's what there is to do. Hope that you're building. You kept all these young pieces. Let's build with these young pieces. You still have all these young draft assets or all these draft assets that aren't young. They're just draft assets. They're nothing, right? At this point, they're high school kids and college kids. You have all that still. There's going to be a disgruntled superstar. If there's anything in the NBA tells you that in the next, within the next 18 months, there's going to be another guy who wants out and he's going to be a big name and the Knicks will still have the best package to trade for him. I don't know who that guy is. You don't know who that guy is. We won't know who that guy is right now. But when the time comes, he's going to be cheap because he's going to be pulling a James Harden or Kevin Durant or whatever it is, he's going to be asking out and they're going to need to get rid of him. And the first time we saw a team hold strong was the Kevin Durant situation. So 
And that was a rare situation where he just signed a four-year extension. So there's going to be someone else. You can't jump the gun. Wait for the next guy. It'll happen. It'll come. And it's upsetting today. But there will be a guy, and you will get him for cheap. And by the way, that guy could be Donovan Mitchell in a year. Now, I think in Cleveland, it's going to work out great. Like, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, the young pieces they had last year, the talent they had last year, the promise they showed at the beginning of the season last year before falling off. Like, this team could be really good this year, so I don't think it'll go poorly. But this was a kid who so badly and so clearly wanted to be in New York. If he still feels that way, and if a year from now he's like, oh shoot, I'm in Cleveland, this sucks. Nobody wants to be in Cleveland. Nobody likes Cleveland. I want to be in New York. I totally forgot about that. Then guess what? He could still come to New York, and the Knicks could still trade for him. There's still a possibility that this happens, as weird as that sounds. So I really hope, I do hope that the Knicks can find a way to get a deal done, whoever it is. And the reason why I still hope it's Mitchell, and maybe they could get him and then sign someone else. He is a free agent in 2025 when the salary cap expands. So even if they do get someone else, maybe they trade for someone else, and then Mitchell signs in free agency. The, the, the dream of Donovan Mitchell is not dead. Because ultimately, players control where they want to go. And if he decides he wants to be in New York, and if he really wants to be in New York as badly as it seems, he'll end up here sooner rather than later. I, I truly believe that. But the Knicks just weren't going to give up anything, weren't going to get bullied into a trade for him. And it sucks that their offer, even if it was better than the Cavs' offer, was not going to be good enough for Danny Ainge. And now it's, it's all, all the anger's at Danny Ainge. I'm not upset at the Knicks. I'm upset a little bit at the media and how they're portraying the Knicks, but I'm not upset at Knicks or even Knicks fans. Knicks fans knew that they didn't want to give up too much. Knicks fans valued these young guys. They understood that. There's not a lot of Knicks fans out there right now today who are upset, who are like, yeah, we had to give up more. They saw what the trade package was, and they're like, nah, I don't know. Does that mean that R.J. Barrett is a worse player than Donovan Mitchell? No. If you were telling me it was R.J. for Mitchell straight up, yeah, I'd probably have to do it. Definitely have to do it. Maybe R.J. in a pick, R.J. in two picks. R.J. quickly and Obi or Grimes and three picks and two swaps like enough like that's insanity and Danny Ainge knew it and yet he still didn't want to go negotiate in good faith and I think this looks bad on Danny Ainge that he took a lesser deal because he didn't want to trade with Leon Rose and we're never going to hear from the Knicks they're just going to hide in the shadows maybe we'll get another press release but probably not even that because nothing really happened if you think about it they made a trade offer that's it nothing happened we don't hear about them when something does happen, so I would hear about that. We hear from them when nothing happens, and I really hope James Dolan doesn't just step in and try and make a huge splash right now. Now, the narrative will continue though. The Knicks never get the guy. They're always, oh, it's LeBron. We're getting this guy. We're getting KD and Kyrie. We're getting Zion. We're getting this. We're getting that. We're getting Giannis, and they never get him. And so for now, I can't argue that the narrative continues. And that's also just absolutely maddening. It's so frustrating because we're the ones getting clowned in the media when it's like, oh, you guys thought you thought you were going to get Giannis. You thought you were going to get Zion. You thought you were going to get KD and Kyrie. You thought you were going to get LeBron. It goes back years and years and years. And they never end up getting the guy. Yeah, it sucks. And again, that continues. That doesn't mean this was the wrong move though right now. It just wasn't. So where do you move from here? It was a smart move, but where do the Knicks go from here? They kind of have a mismatched roster, right? They have Barrett and Obi and all those young guys that they were that they clearly value, they love, right? They weren't willing to just give them away for nothing. They weren't willing to trade them away. They held on to them. They have all these pieces. 
and they're on the roster now. They're still here. And then they also still have Julius Randle in that contract, and they have Evan Fournier in that contract because they thought they were going to be good with Derrick Rose in his contract. So they're kind of stuck in between. So what are we doing here? And there's a bigger issue here. Because you could say, okay, maybe you trade the older guys. You trade top, or not top in, but you trade away guys like Julius Randle. You try and find a trade partner for him if you can. You try and find a trade partner for Evan Fournier, maybe even Derrick Rose. Because if they're still here, you know Tibbs is going to play them. He's going to play the old guys. And that's where the major disconnect is. That's the part that's kind of frustrating. The Knicks so clearly value these young guys, this young talent. If they then turn around and don't play this young talent, if they don't give, find a way to give Quentin Grimes, who clearly the front office values so much, if Tibbs doesn't go and give him more than 16 minutes a game, I said at the top he's only played 16 minutes a game, you're treating him like he was the deal breaker. You're treating him like he's a future star in this league, then treat him like that on the court too. Tom Thibodeau has to kind of understand where this franchise head is at. And if he can't do that, then he can't be the head coach of this team anymore because there's a major disconnect here between the front office and the coach. If this is a rebuild or not even a rebuild, I think they could be competitive with a good combination of the young guys and the older guys. I think Julius Randle, I think he could come back, maybe have a better year with a real point guard, not as much pressure on him. No one's really talking about Julius Randle that much, right? RJ got the big contract. They bring in Jalen Brunson. People are talking about Grimes. People are going to be talking about Obi. There's going to be expectations for Emmanuel quickly, these young kids, because the Knicks basically didn't get Donovan Mitchell because of how highly they value these kids. So maybe that takes a little bit off of Julius's plate, and he has to do a little bit less. Maybe he could play a little better. He's not an old guy. He's still relatively young. I don't think he'll ever be the guy he was in 2020-21 season. He won't be that guy. But maybe he could be a little bit better. But I don't want to see him out there playing 45 minutes a night and Obi Toppin coming out for seven minutes in junk time. I need to see Quentin Grimes either starting at the two next to Jalen Brunson or at least coming off the bench, the first guard off the bench. With Barrett at the three, Brunson at the two, or Brunson at the one and Grimes at the two. I would like that. Emmanuel quickly, I want him to see the I want him to be the main point guard, the main creator off the bench, the sixth man, if you kept him, if he was the deal breaker. Tibbs has to understand that. They have to be building for the future. They have to do what the Kenny Atkinson Nets did and show that, yeah, we're kind of a little bit all over the place, but we are a viable destination. We are a destination that people should want to come to. And when that cap expands, they become a free agent destination. So keep accumulating assets, but keep trying to win games simultaneously. Keep developing these young kids. That should be the plan going forward for the Knicks. And I hope that's the plan. And I hope the front office and Thibodeau can get on the same page and move forward that plan with that plan collectively. And like I said, the last thing you can do is overreact. If you weren't willing to give up these kids for Donovan Mitchell, you can't just throw them away for a guy. I just threw out Andrew Wiggins by chance, but you can't throw them away for a random player who's either past his prime or never even had a prime. Because you're upset that you didn't get Donovan Mitchell. As far as the Cavs, good for them. They get Mobley, they get Mitchell, they have them together. It's going to be a fun team, like I said. We'll see how it works. We'll see if Mitchell wants to stay there. But that's going to be a fun team in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks, I don't know if they're, maybe they're a fringe playoff team. Maybe they're, I don't know, bottom of the bottom of the league. Maybe they get to the play in something like that. But I'm not upset. I'm, not, I'm really not upset. I'm annoyed at Danny Ainge 
I'm annoyed that he didn't want to negotiate in good faith. I'm annoyed at the media. I'm annoyed at the perception of the Knicks. And yes, I'm annoyed that, again, it feels like there was a guy that was right there for us to get and we didn't get him. Yes, I'm upset, but I didn't want to get him if that was the cost. And I think most Knicks fans agree with me that there, at some point there comes a cost. And I, I said that before. I said that when I did the podcast. I said that if you go on my Instagram, it sounds like I don't want Donovan Mitchell in that post. No. I wanted Donovan Mitchell, but it was not worth the price if they were going to have to overpay because they were going to be trying to take advantage of them. And guess what? I was right. And and they didn't get taken advantage of. And there's something, there's a pride to that for Leon Rose should stand up proud and say, I didn't get taken advantage of. You can't fool me. You can't trick me. You can't just play with me like that. I'm going to make a trade on my own terms. And if that means you're going to take less from somewhere else, so be it. If you want to be a baby, if you want to be petty, like you clearly are, Danny Ainge, fine. I don't know. That's 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 my feeling on it. It's it's upsetting. You want to get that guy, but like I said, at some point there's a cost, and I know, and I knew this before. The other thing I was right about was no matter what, they're going to get clowned. If they got him, it was going to be they gave up too much. How can you have those two guys in the backcourt? Two small guys. That's you're you're not a championship. What you're doing all this just to be a six seed? Blah 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 blah. All those different things we'd hear. So now we get to hear the opposite. Ha ha! The Knicks, another guy left them, and another guy they couldn't get. And blah 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 blah. Great. So they'll be clowned. They were going to be clowned either way. Can't be too upset about that. It's frustrating. Sad day, bad day. I don't think it's a catastrophe. I think it just sucks that Danny Ainge is the way he is. A couple of other things because once I'm here, it's going to be a, a Labor Day weekend this weekend. So if you're listening to this already Friday, a lot of people are already off Friday. People are off Monday. I'll be working in the studio Monday uh, doing some live shows from noon to 3 on the fan that should be fun um uh football news russell wilson got paid so russell wilson uh, i already told you yesterday and at least fantasy wise i'm out on him uh, the denver broncos are not out on him a lot of people are saying uh he's making business decisions out there on the field not running sliding a lot not fighting for the extra yards he doesn't care that much well he's going to be making that business he made it work because he's uh, getting a lot of money five more years seven years in total he's going to be in denver a hell of a lot of money that he re-signed with the Denver Broncos. And I'm not mad at him. Good for him. Good for Russell Wilson. We'll see how that works out. This is a guy who a lot of people seem to think today was kind of towards the end of the line. And he signs a huge five-year extension. And he's going to be 40 years old when that contract is up. So, I don't know. Some guys are better at their later age, at their later stage. This guy was never a pure pocket passer. He's not a guy like even Drew Brees because it's the other like short quarterback, small quarterback that they compare him to. Drew Brees was done by the time he was like 37, 38 because he's a small guy. So you're going to have Russell Wilson who his game is not even a pocket passer. At least Drew Brees is a pocket passer. This is a guy who you know, made a lot of money with his legs. You're going to be relying on him at age 40. I don't love the deal if I'm the Broncos, but at some point you, you, know, you want to make a guy and commit it to a guy who is going to be the face of your franchise. They did the same thing with Peyton Manning. They won a Super Bowl when he was way over the hill. It worked out for them. They were relevant for, what, five years out at the end with Peyton Manning. So they're trying to do the same thing now with Russell Wilson. We'll see if it works. I can't tell you it's not going to work for sure. They have good receivers around him. They have good weapons. They have good running backs. Um, the offensive line is pretty good. So it could work. I'm not saying it's not going to work. But it's a lot of years, a lot of money for a guy who's getting up there in age and already looked like he was on the decline. I did want to mention the Yankees again. I know it's frustrating. It's been like so relaxing tonight that there was no Yankee game. I didn't have to watch it. Like I watched the Mets this afternoon. They're magic. Like 
the Dodgers don't lose to anyone. The Dodgers don't do stuff like this. They don't make mental mistakes and fielding mistakes and errors and stuff like that. But I guess against the Mets, everyone does. Because all of a sudden the Mets have some sort of magic to them. I can't describe it. Um, but the Yankees had the night off, which is good. Um, because I can't handle watching this team right now. Maybe they can reset a little bit before they come home. Because they have it's a six-game lead now. They have six games in ten days against Tampa. And it's only a six-game lead in the division. By the time this is all said and done, they could actually be trailing in the division. <laughs> so that's that's a crazy thought, um, considering where they were. It's the first time. It's the smallest their lead has been, I think, since June 3rd, something like that. Um, and it, it's so funny. The Yankees, they think we're dumb. They think the fans are dumb. I, I recorded before I heard Boone's c- comments after the press conference where he's like, Isaiah Kiner-Faleva has been one of the best shortstops defensively in the league this year it's just not true there we have eyes there's sabermetrics there's an eye test there's all these different things to judge basic stats such as errors would tell you that he's been one of the worst defensive shortstops in the league this year and they put him at shortstop because he's not he's a gold glove third baseman or second baseman but they can't put him at those positions because his bat isn't good enough to be one of those at one of those positions but by the way glaber and jd the way they struggled is not better either so just lie to us. Keep lying to us and saying we have the guys within. It's okay. Yeah, we have everything within. Like this organization is infuriating and they think that they're smarter than everyone. And so they're, they're so stubborn. They should have brought up Peraza a month ago. And finally, they bring him up September 1st. They keep saying, no, he's not going to contribute to the team this year. We're not bringing him up, not bringing him up, not bringing him up. No, you just waited till the rosters expand for September call-ups, and that's when you bring them up because you're trying to manipulate some sort of service time and something like that because you're so petty about everything. You couldn't bring him up before then. You had to wait till September 1st to bring him up. So now the last month of the season, maybe he could help us. Great. Whoop the freaking do. It's just, it's infuriating. You hope he's the starting shortstop, but at this point, you just need to keep the lead. So Peraza will be at short. You have Cabrera. One's Oswaldo, one's Oswald. I think it's Oswaldo, Oswald Cabrera and Oswaldo Peraza. So he's going to be the third baseman, hopefully. DJ goes to second, and let's roll. Let's try and right the ship and try and go into the playoffs with some decent kind of momentum. And by the way, it's, this video has been surfacing all day of Judge saying after the... Like, this goes back to all year, after the negotiations with him. He was having a career year. He had the walk-off. And then they had the arbitration hearing instead of just giving him the $21 million. And they said, hey, coming to this agreement, does that give you any more uh, confidence about signing a long-term deal with the Yankees? And Aaron Judge said, no, it doesn't. And that's how he feels because he's seen what this front office has done. And this office, front office has been pathetic and it's been a joke. And I'm at the point right now where I, I'm very not confident. I am nearly certain that they won't figure out a way to keep Aaron Judge and that is going to be a real catastrophe for the Yankees especially coming off the season he's having I don't care you have to give him every penny it sucks he's older all the different things no you give him a 10-year deal a million dollar like 80 million dollars it doesn't matter 80 million dollars a year whatever you just give it to him because you gambled and you 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 lost He's having a career year and it's working out for the Yankees because if he wasn't having a career year the Yankees would probably be under 500 right now he's the MVP we talked about last episode, but I have no confidence in them making the right decisions. They continue to lie to our faces. They continue to treat us like we're fools and we're stupid. And Aaron Boone just straight up lying. Why are you lying when it's something that's easily Googleable? It's like one of my pet peeves when people have an argument and the, the answer is just like you could just do a quick Google search and find the answer online. So Aaron Boone, why are you doing that to us? We can just show you the stats and the eye test that clearly so very clearly shows that he's not been good, but uh I don't know. I don't know what is what it is with this franchise right now. 
This is not the New York Yankees that we grew up with. Um, it's weird. It's it's definitely a weird place to be as a Yankee fan. Kind of matches the rest of the teams I root for. The Knicks, the Jets. <laughs> I mean, think about it. The Jets. They can't get the Tyreek Hill done trade done right after they. You know, everyone thinks Tyreek is going to the Jets. They can't get the deal done. Who's that sound like? Sounds like the Knicks. You know, they're clowned in the media all the time. Who's that sound like? The Jets, the Knicks, the Jets. Oh, front office is totally incompetent. Oh, the Yankees, welcome to the club. The Rangers are the only team right now that actually feels competent, but we'll never hear from their front office either because they're run by the same guy, Dolan. And then we sit there and I'm like, ah, sports is fun. (laughs) I talked about it last night, how like there's certain parts of sports that you really love that like certain moments just make you feel like, oh, this is so awesome. Like there are just those moments that, make everyone come together and why sports is awesome and then you root from the teams i root for and you're just in agony all the time and some people hate the agony that's kind of what you like eventually they tell you that the winning will feel even sweeter i don't know i guess the rangers run was just beautiful it really was if the jets are ever good in my life because football is so awesome if the jets are ever good in my life it's going to be so so satisfying yes so i I guess i could kind of think that way Anyway, clearly I'm just rambling and I have nothing left to talk about. Um, That's my reaction to the Mitchell stuff, to the Yankees, and everything else. Russell Wilson, I will see you guys. Maybe I'll record over the holiday weekend. Otherwise, I'll be in New York next weekend. So you may not hear from me till uh, a little bit later in the week. But you got me three times this week. It's a lot. It's good. So until then, see ya. You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines. I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go Change it up, oh, oh, oh. always on my Birds flying on the high line With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks yeah. on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air When I land in another city And I'll be that one that's got
BK born and raised, I was God sent. I used to hit them courts, y'all didn't prospect. Take them long walks on my time spin. Just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck. Dipping from the New York City's finest, yeah. Said I've been up on my New York shit. Walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving. East side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm still here.